Before this episode starts, a huge shout out to the wonderful, wonderful patrons that are supporting this podcast. Thank you, Anthony Howe, Sherry Brenton, Steve McDermott, and Rory Barnes. I truly, truly appreciate your support. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Hello friends and welcome to another episode of the Unlock Podcast with me, Ricky Locke, the podcast that uses joy and enthusiasm to inspire people to be the best version of themselves, live an extraordinary life and create magical experiences. And today's guest is an amazing guest, Sharon Boyd, and we have an amazing conversation about how can you create a magical experience and it's a great episode. Before Sharon kicks off, a huge thank you for everyone that's supporting the podcast, Patreon. The Patreon has been out for just over a week now, and we already have four supporters, and I'm truly, truly appreciative of this. If you would like to support this podcast for as little as £1, you can support the podcast by heading to patreon.com forward slash the unlocked podcast, and you can receive lots of bonus content, exclusive access, and early access to each episode as well. If you'd love to do that, head over to the show notes, and you can find the link for it, or head to patreon.com forward slash the Unlocked Podcast. Without further ado, thank you for listening to this episode and enjoy this conversation with Sharon Boyd. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Unlocked. My next guest is MD for MKLCX and CXO, which is Chief Customer Experience Officer at MKL Innovation. Welcome to the show, Sharon Boyd. Hello. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me today. Lovely. It is a pleasure. How are you? Are you having a great week so far? I am. Um... Yeah, all of last week I was off in beautiful Wales, getting lost in the mountains. Uh, we did get lost. That's no surprise to anyone who knows me. I'm yeah, well renowned for getting lost in places. Um, but yeah, it was a really lovely break. So now I'm back, raring Very to go because nice. I had an actual proper break, which was lovely and amazing. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm all good. Thank you. How are you, Ricky? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, well, whereabouts did you go in Wales? um Aberystwyth but we we stayed in four different hotels while while we were there um we were only there for a week but because I was doing customer experience audits on the hotels while I was there we we tried a lot of different ones out I took my son so we could get you know a proper experience he's nearly nine and he's all about the experience so uh sorry i've gone i've gone into it already yeah we've dropped the experience (laughs) word within two minutes this is going to be a great conversation is it well um yeah thank you for coming on sharon i um it's a pleasure to be here but firstly a massive thanks big shout out to our old pal simon Fawcett. so thanks simon if you listen to this mate we both love you yeah thanks very much for recommending sharon to come on we had a conversation just a couple of weeks ago I think it went on for quite a while, didn't it? And we were just like, oh my God, where's the time gone? Because we just kind of fell into that breed of fellow CXs going, oh my God, that's not our customer. So yeah, but firstly, before I properly hand over to you to explain to people who you are, and for everyone listening, if they don't know what CX means, it means customer experience, everyone, if you're listening. But before I actually ask Sharon what she actually does, I'm going to read out this list because I've done my research, Sharon, and I'm in awe of you and I'm totally inspired. So... Here we go. Not only is Sharon MD for MKLCX and CXO, she was also voted as one of the UK's top 25 CX influencers of 2021. She is a CCXP, which is Certified Customer Experience Professional. She is a member of the CXPA. She's worked across some amazing projects, and these are pretty big projects, of uh, some of the top businesses in the UK, such as Argos. Uh, funnily enough, end-to-end, you kind of started the project, and I worked on that same project near the end, which is great. EasyJet, Welcome Break, and more. Uh, also a published author and collaborator of the book Customer Experience 2 and 3, which is also a global bestseller, and co-author of the best book title in the world. Cue Sharon to hold it up for the video. Yes, perfect. Uh, your CXE and We Know It. That is just a genius book title, Sharon. I love that. I've got to talk about that later on. And also has an MBA from Cranfield University and also a pilot. Sharon, like... <laughs> Where do I even start? <laughs> that is just absolutely amazing. I'm totally inspired by that. So, wow. Yeah, that's amazing. What an amazing list. Thank you very much. What can yeah. I say? I don't sleep, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I, I know. Yeah, um, I, I love that. So it's a very similar uh, thing for me here. I, I'm a massive fan of trying to do as much as I can. And uh, that list is a fantastic list. So I'm very looking forward to this. So thank you very much. But first, I guess, let's just explain to everyone uh, what it is that you actually do, Sharon. So um, I'm lucky enough to be able to do lots of different things, exciting 
things. Um, and I was coaching someone in here yesterday and she was saying, what's it like to be a CXO? And I sat there for a minute and thought, every day is different. And, and what a gift that is. I get bored very easily, as I think you might as well, Ricky. <laughs> 100 mile an hour people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, one minute I'm, I'm coaching other CXOs or you know, people in, um, in CX or, uh, or different initiatives I'm running projects and programs um, from KL. I run immersive experiences, which we're going to talk about a bit more on yeah. my podcast, which I can't yeah. wait to have you on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I write a lot. So I've got another book coming out very soon. I run resilience courses. Also, uh, because, because of my role in MKL, what I love about being a CXO is you just look at the whole end-to-end experience yeah you in you know you are responsible and accountable for everything so it means i get to to meddle with all sorts of things like cyber security for instance that's really high on the agenda for our customers it's huge we, you know we've got an iot company so yeah the first thing customers think about is is my data going to be secure so i have to really listen to that grab hold of that and make sure the certification and everything is just really locked down and secure so yeah it's really varied what i get to do and keynotes and oh so many amazing things but all around cx ex leadership all stuff that i'm really passionate about so what can i say i'm a very lucky girl <laughs> i love that thank you uh, yeah absolutely i think that's such a, a a humble thing you know like i think absolutely amazing that the projects that you've been in and i know that the project you were involved in when we were in argos together was a huge huge product you know one of the biggest uk digital retail change programs like yeah and uh, still to this day still running to what you created so yeah absolutely inspired by this but i'd love to find out how, how did you get well, what was the start what inspired you to get into cs because i think not everyone is as passionate as uh, some CXs that we know. Uh, but what inspired you to get into customer experience? You know, I remember vividly being 18. Um, and I was working for NTL. For those of you who remember NTL know how old I am now, back in kind of dial what up. That? What was that? No, I'm joking. I do know that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Dial up and, you know, all of those funny beeps and whistles. Yeah. Um, and I remember this lady ringing and she, her, her phone line was completely dead and she'd managed to shuffle around to her neighbours. She's normally bed bound, bless her. This is way before the times of mobiles and stuff. And it's taken like half an hour to get around from her house to her neighbour's house. And, and I had to say to her that I could not get an engineer for three weeks. And it just nearly broke my heart to say it to her because she cried on the phone. And I just thought, oh, this, this is not good enough. And it just lit a fire in me to go, right, okay, there is a better way. And I remember speaking to my colleagues and going, you know, we've got to do something with this lady. This is her lifeline. For three weeks, she can't speak to another human unless she shuffles around to her neighbour. And she literally said, no one comes to visit me. All I have is my phone. And I just thought, so when I spoke to them and said, what can we do? And they were like, three weeks Sharon you're just gonna have to work with it it's three weeks same as everyone else and I thought no there's gonna be more to be more to this yeah um I think that's what really pushed me into kind of IT and stuff from there because I just thought there's got to be ways for me to physically fix things remotely um and I did a lot of that NTL I found ways to fix things remotely without having to send an engineer out and make someone wait three weeks um but yeah it just really that that was a defining moment in my career. Um, and I I stayed customer facing the entire way through. I did a lot, you know, I worked in lots of different sectors, um, aviation, hospitality, retail, all over the shop, basically, I'm loving it. But every single one of them, I made sure I was really, I was front facing. I was right there talking to customers and employees. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was when I was doing my MBA, um and they we had to we had a group task and it was my turn I thought okay I'm really busy right now I was doing this huge program I thought it's a bit of a pain um (laughs) (laughs) it was my turn and and then we had to choose um what what business would we come up with if we had to create our own one from scratch 
and they're all like, oh, Sharon, you work, you know, you work for EasyJet, come up with an airline. And I was like, <laughs> no, I like aviation, but that I wouldn't start my own business as an airline. That would be a bit yeah. silly. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of looked around and I thought, well, it, you know, if I was going to start anything, I would, it would have to be really, really customer focused. And I thought, well, every business is customer focused. There's no business there, Sharon. What, what are you going on about? You're losing your mind. Yeah. And I started just Googling and, you know, and I suddenly realised there was a whole world of customer experience out there and just thought, what? There is people that get yeah. paid for creating amazing customer experiences. Um, I just thought, I want some of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and from there, I, just, I, set up, um, I set up my agency and just thought, wow, I've, you know, I've tried lots of different roles, um, but this, this is where I feel like I can make a real difference and I'm just yeah. you know, really passionate about it um and just love how you can really inspire employees and leaders to make a big difference and then see the commercial rewards coming through as well so yeah I think potted history <laughs> yeah I, I love it I, th- I think it takes a type of person as well doesn't it because I think that I'm similar to you in that role where I was very much back of the house back of the house working in Argos when my when I first started my career and you know I, I wouldn't have dreamed of thinking about being out on the shop floor with people until I was pushed out of my comfort zone and I remember when I was doing sixth form and uh, went straight out onto the till for two weeks and I loved it I thought oh my god I can actually make yeah. people feel special yes. even if they're just buying a kettle you know yeah. and things like that but uh, and that's the same thing to me that made me lead down that path of this kind of magical customer experience that I'm chasing after at the minute because I just think I, I don't think everyone can do it though if I'm honest I, I think well I think everyone can do it sorry I lie I think everyone can do it but I just think sometimes priorities are different and people think probably more about the process um, rather than actually what's the right thing to do here um, but I love that but do you think is this something within you that drives that passion for creating these wonderful moments for your customers? I think I think to be a good, <clears throat> excuse me, a good customer experience person, you've got to be empathetic. If you don't have that empathy where you can put yourself in the customer's shoes and really see and feel what they see and feel, um, then it's it's very difficult. I mean, you can be creative. Um, so someone comes and brings you a problem and says, you know, uh, Sorry, I know we were talking earlier about prams. So is someone? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a secret. What? My mum and dad don't know. No, I'm, jo- I'm joking, Sharon. I'm joking. They know. They know. <laughs> Sorry. If if someone says that you know we want to be someone a bit different, we want to encourage parents in and try a, a pram out. Yeah. Um, you know, you might just okay, well, push it a bit up and down the shop floor. That'll do, won't it? But yeah, someone yeah. who really thinks about it and goes, well, what are they testing? What, what how do that how do we try have you you mentioned a weighted baby i mean that blew my mind tell me a bit about that yeah so um so for everyone listening um if you follow me on social media you've probably seen this but me and my lovely fiance we went to go try out a push chair because we're expecting our first baby girl uh which we're very grateful for and very excited and uh yes we went to this place in boston which is like the biggest pram or biggest push chair experts they say in lincolnshire it's a huge warehouse and they have this track where you can actually try out the actual push chairs so they've got cobbles they've got like a piece of wood they've got carpet and you can literally just go around in a circle and test it out and that like just blew my mind i was like oh my god that's amazing you know i can feel it because that's the thing we all think about isn't it is this going to fit my car (laughs) and what's this going to be like because i'm quite a lazy man in general in life anyway but i want the path of least resistance all the time, even with my customers, I want to create that path of least resistance that I want quite literally a physical uh, least resistance. You know, I want to make sure this is going to be easy for my life. I want to make sure that my, um, you know, my baby's going to feel comfortable, although it's not ready yet. But the weighted baby, they said, like, we'll give you this weighted baby so you can feel what it's like. And it was the equivalent weight of a six month old um, child. So they give you this child, which is bloody heavy. I didn't realise how bloody heavy kids are. And I'm quite a big man, so we're quite worried about the size of our baby, which is going to be huge. But you put the weighted baby in so that you can feel what it's like with it. So, which I think is really great, because when I think back years and years ago in the Argos days, if someone would come to go try a pram, we'd be a bit strict, I think, of taking things out of the box. And so much so, would be like, no, you can't take it out of the box. Oh, why not? I want to see if it's, you know, if it's going to be all right. Oh, well, we can't take it out of the box because then we can't repackage it and resell it. Yeah. Oh, but hang on a minute. Like, how can I? Oh, you'd have to go somewhere else then. Oh, 
Oh. So that was just, it was mind blowing that actually, hey, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, come try it. Yeah, look, we know what it's like to be in your shoes. Um, and it was quite interesting, actually. This was quite a, a funny thing I said to Danielle that I noticed. Um, all of the workers there were, uh, were women. And um, one of the ladies that got one of the prams out, um, it was interesting. After when they were talking to us, there was three of the workers working there. But with one hand, she was just pushing the pram back and forth. It was almost like instinct. There was nothing in the pram, but it was almost like it was just their motherly instinct. And they were all mothers that they told us. But I just thought, what a great experience. These are people that have been in Danielle's shoes. They know that. They've came up with this great idea that we can get you to test the track and his weighted baby. That was amazing. That was pure empathy. Yeah, really understanding what it's like. And also because we're, it's our first show, we don't really know what it's going to be like. We can only imagine but they've been there, they've done it, they've walked in our shoes, and this is what they did. So, yeah, I love that. I think, I think that was a fantastic idea of a company and a business really getting you understand. And as you can imagine, Sharon, guess what? We bought from them because yeah. it's such a great experience. That's the great and thing. That's attracted you to them as well, wasn't it? You said your fiance yeah. was there because she'd heard about that. Yeah, heard about great reviews. And for me, because I'm a big experience guy, I'm like, oh my God, you can test it out. Yeah, let's go, let's go, you know. Um, yeah, I, I love that. I think that's a really good thing. I think empathy is a difficult thing. I don't think that, I don't want to put anyone down here, but I think it's hard, isn't it? Because empathy, you have to imagine. I don't know what it's like to be in your shoes and you don't know what it's like to be in my shoes. So we have to imagine. And I know that from listening to one of your podcasts and you have a podcast called Eat Your Own Dog Food. And uh, I love this. You've mentioned this on a previous podcast about this idea of eating your own dog food. When do we actually go for our own customer journey and have empathy and when I was listening to that a couple of weeks ago I thought that's a good point I when was the last time I actually been through my website uh, and think about that end-to-end -end journey of finding out inquiring getting a um you know getting the book in I've probably got like two steps that I can actually take out but so much so I've just got the blinkers on like a horse just fixed into business 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 that when I took them off and thought oh what is it like to walk in my customer shoes I didn't realize that actually there's too many steps and I need to reduce that to do the path of least resistance. And as Marie Kondo says, I talk about this in my course, which is if it doesn't spark joy, get rid of it. And I had a few steps in my journey thinking, yeah, that doesn't really spark a lot of joy at all. Why am I doing it? So I got rid of it, you know. But yeah, so um, yeah, I love that whole idea. Do you think there's other behaviours that is also needed to create a great experience? I know one of the things that you talk a lot about is, is empathy, but I'm a big fan about being authentic. I love that authenticity, but do you think there are other behaviors needed to drive, whether it's in your culture, in your business, or even just if you're a solopreneur, what behaviors are needed to create a great experience? I think a little bit of servant leadership um, always, you know, that's, there's some real value in there. Um, but it's just really listening to somebody, um, being able to you know, put your ego aside and, and forget you know, if you've worked in a, an organization for 10, 15, 20 years, as some people have, and they've made it to the top and they're like, yeah, we know our customer. Yeah. Um, and you kind of go, all right, when <laughs> you last, you know, be a customer, when do you last serve a customer, when do you speak to a customer? And they're like, talking about, I've been here for years. Yeah. Uh, I know what we do. And you kind of go, okay, when did you actually last shop your own shop? um so yeah i i think the power of someone being someone being humble humble enough to go actually i'm going to go and, and frequently go out of my way be intentional to go and interact with my customers so no matter how high up i am i could be the md i could be the you know the the ceo even more important if you are because you are making leadership decisions that affect your entire business your employees you, you, your sponsors, your stakeholders, your investors, everything hinges on what that customer needs and wants. And as soon as you take your eye off the ball, you end up out because someone else has gone, do you know what? Prams aren't sold that way anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Wait yeah. baby. Yeah. As soon as you actually physically start watching and going, right, okay, we've put a till in there. That's making it really difficult. Customers are walking away frustrated or they're waiting half an hour when they don't need to because our coffee breaks are the wrong time or, you know, we, we need to rearrange our store just to make it a bit more simple. We're doing it so that the high end stuff is at the front. All they want is a loaf of bread and we're forcing them to. Why are we doing that? Yeah. When somebody physically goes, right, it's not it. This is the customer. 
I'm going to watch and see physically what they need and want and their facial expressions, their body expressions. You know, when someone walks out of a shop and they've got, oh, oh you know, like the new shoe thing, you know, like someone's got new shoes, and they kick and they're like, <laughs> yes yeah you want that uh, yeah. repurchase don't you yeah so, you know every customer i mean unless you're buying well, i don't know i can't think of anything really sort of now but unless you're yeah, buying yeah. something really horrible like nappy cream or something <laughs> yeah like, which is gonna be something i'm gonna have to buy soon yeah yeah <laughs> yeah thanks yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to be like that new shoe moment, don't you? Yeah. And if a customer's walking out from a store thinking that was such an effort, I popped yeah. in thinking this would be five minutes before I've got to go and you know, pick up the kids. And actually that took me way longer and I'm really stressed the rest of my day and I'm going to push this and push that. That yeah. has an impact on the customer's entire day after that. And, and I think yes. you've got to, in customer experience, you've got to think about what's happening before and after it's not just that moment of them being on your shop floor or on your internet or waiting for your delivery. It's your, yeah. the impact that you make is massive. You send a ripple through an entire family. And sometimes that, you know, if that person runs a business, that entire business, so yeah. it's big. It's not, I mean, yeah. people often think CX is really fluffy and it can be, you know, but actually you, what you do and how you interact with the customer, what you offer them, how seamless you make it, that has an impact on a person's life. And just like the new shoe moment, I'm wiggling my feet here, um, <laughs> you know, a, a child having new shoes and feeling good in their shoes and they're flashing and look at my shoes, um, that has an impact. You know, parents see that and go, oh, that was money well spent. My child has a moment of joy. Yeah. And if we can put that into every customer by being humble and watching and listening and being intentional about speaking to customers and saying, what do you want from this? What, how can I make this better for you? You're having to queue. I can't do much about that right now, but is there anything I can do in the queue? What, how can I make this better and easier? Just like we did the Argos transformation thing. It was like, yeah. okay, so a moment I have to queue twice. What do we do about that? Can we skip that first step? There must be something. Yeah. Um, and I think you've got to be tenacious there. You've got to say, okay, I've yeah. watched customers. I've seen that frustration. I'm going to take on that pain. And I'm going to be tenacious and fix it. It's not going to be easy. We've always done it this way. Yeah. So what do I need to do to be imaginative and get the right smart people in my business to fix it? Um, yeah. And you've got to take that on as your own challenge. You know, right. I've got yeah. a mission here. Yeah. I'm going to take yeah. out that first queuing stage. That's not going to happen anymore. Not on my watch. What am I going to do to get rid of it? Um, yeah. So I, I think there's a few things I've thrown in there, but you you have just. I mean, I think the main thing is just sit, watch, be present. I mean, it, we can all work from anywhere. I'm in a shed. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so every single leader of every every single business can go and sit and watch their customers or their employees, if it's not customers, to, yeah. to and see what pain and joy they experience every single day. Do their own work, you know, we're all busy, we can't just sit and stare at people all day. But, you know, th there's no reason why you can't do your, your physical work in a, in a service station, a petrol station, a garage, whatever it looks like, if that is your business. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, totally. I, I think we all need to, I think as well, we just get fixed out when the blinkers come on with other priorities and business, cash flow, whatever it might be, marketing, whatever it might be. Uh, but actually, when do we stop and just take time to think back? Uh, I think a great example of this is thinking about the last 12 to 15 months. I know like um, my local supermarket, Tesco's, for example. So I, I'm classic, one of those shoppers that forgets things. So I've, I've just gone for a turn for, oh, no, I've got to go get the jam, you know. But then the problem being now is like what happened last year is it's better now, but because of the one-way system, because, yeah, I know, I guess the pandemic's a little bit of a, you know, we can kind of, you know, <laughs> bounce around that a little bit. But the problem with it, because it was one way in, one way out, and they blocked the exit and the entrance to that one way, I was like, oh, my God, I'm really sorry. I, f I forgot the jam. Oh, you're going to have to go back out. Oh, does that mean I've got a queue up outside? Yeah, it does, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know what which which was frustrating i know there's a pandemic so yeah i mean there's a bit of leniency there with wallet but but maybe someone probably could have helped me out there or hey you know what look just wait here i'll get someone for you we'll put it through here or we'll just take you over to customer service or i'll open the barrier for you so you can get across 
But the fact that I've now got to go out, walk around, queue up outside when it was like 100 people waiting outside the supermarket, traffic light system, that's an impact on my day. Yes, it was my fault. I forgot about it, but that's going to annoy me, like you said, for the rest of my day. And I think that's so important. We need to think about everything that we do in our customer journey. If it is something, whatever it happens, even if it's good or bad, that's going to impact them a lot longer down the road. And so much so, uh, I had a really bad experience a couple of years ago. A lot of people know this if they listen to my keynote. I talk about travel. I call it travel shed. <laughs> yeah, travel, that's right. And um, I had this terrible experience where there was no hot water. I went up to my room and went down and complained. I said, there's no hot water in my room. And she went, oh, okay, it might just be that it's, it's six o'clock. Uh, the pressure's probably off because everybody's using it. I thought, well, that sounds like bullshit to me. You know, <laughs> I thought, that sounds like what my, my dad used to say when he used to say, you can't go on the internet, Ricky, until after six o'clock because it's cheaper. You know, I went, all right, no worries, fine, dad. Um, but yeah, I went back up. Then the next morning I woke up and there's still no hot water. And I went downstairs and I said to the lady, oh, I complained last night, there's no hot water. And she went, just one second, sir. She turns the tap on and she went, oh, it's working down here. Oh, right, okay. I'll just I'll take my clothes off, shall I? I'll jump over, yeah, and wash myself. And she went, and you have turned the uh, the hot tap on, haven't you? I went, yeah, yeah. And she went, and you turned the shower from the cold set into the hot. I went, yeah. Well, I better come up then. Yeah, you better. <laughs> so she walks up and she walks in my room and she turns on the tap and she went, oh, there's no hot water. I went, I know, isn't it unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> now, um, to be fair to it, they gave me another room, which is is good, good service, I guess. But I think that's a basic in a, yes. a customer experience for a hotel. But the fact of the thing is now is the the longevity of that is the brand damage. Now, when someone says to me, "Should we go away for a night out?" Yeah, should we book a travel shed? No, um, because they don't have a war. Now they probably do, but that one experience I've had has now tarnished that brand forever. So I'm likely to say I don't ever want to go back there again. Just that one experience has impacted me. So I think for everybody listening, we need to start thinking about the experiences and the journeys that we're taking our customers on of what that impact is, not just in the short term of giving them the product or giving them the service, but the longevity of it. And this fits so nicely with everything I say about people won't remember what you said, people won't remember what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel, that Maya Angelou phrase. I've got you know customers from years ago that still talk about the experience that I provided for them, uh, you know, especially over the last 12 months when they would have had their would-be wedding day and I checked in with them and sent them a lovely little care package. Wow, Ricky, you're the only person, not one of my family actually messaged us to say, you know, happy would-be wedding day. That's amazing. And that's the thing they're going to remember. So I think then, um, so just to recap that, uh, obviously thinking about everyone to eat your own dog food, so go out there, put on a pair of imaginary shoes of what it's like to be your customer and walk through your customer journey and really understand those points in your journey and what can you do to make it a little bit better, I guess? Or even does it actually work in the first place, I guess? That's the thing to think about. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I've got a question then for you, Sharon. So I'm, I'm massively this season looking into how to be the best version of ourselves, but also how to create a magical customer experience. Now, in your experience, what would you say is a magical customer experience? I think that's different for every single person. Um, and interestingly, I, I did a, I was training um, a group of, of people, which is quite, it's quite a challenging kind of situation, actually, because they're in Iran. <laughs> They've got a live Persian uh, translator who is amazing. Uh, and I'm completely in awe of her. Um, and <laughs> they have their videos off. They have their, their, you know, they don't speak really. Um, and we have to do this whole kind of training from me here so then the other side of the world and and yesterday we were talking about customer delight um and we spent time talking about personas um and and what i really wanted them to take away from that is that every single customer has a different moment of delight a different moment that brings them joy and every single experience is going to have a different version of that as well so when i um I'll come back to that and my head's all over the place today. So <laughs> um, like when I was doing um, some training for a, a car company and we look at every single car as we hand it over, we go, new car day. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is their new car. So they're getting a new car and we get them to walk around the car first before the customer comes in to go, right, where's the wow moments for every car from their point of view? Then they meet the customer and go, you know what's what sparked your, your interest in this car and try and work out 
dick is it what's under the bonnet that's me is it is it <laughs> face in the in the in the boot is it the fact that you can get a cycle rack on you know what what is it and then once they've kind of got that they then plan their route around the car so you walk towards the car you look at the front desk oh, goodness, this is your new car here's the keys um but then as they walk around they kind of go right okay, i'm going to try and save the wow moment for, for last yeah. um now i don't know how well that would work for me because i just want to see what's under the bonnet before anything else so if they're yeah. sort of showing me the boot and stuff i'm like yes boot just show me what's <laughs> yeah 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 um <laughs> but yeah so that they really go right i'm going to take you around the back because on this car i don't know if you had one of these before but the boot opens automatically do you know what i mean and yeah, i love yeah. that i love yeah. and i always try to say to them right every single experience you think about what is going to be the wow moment for that customer. What is the wow piece on that car? And try and match them so that when they walk away, they go, oh, mm. and when they then see their neighbor or their friend and they've got it parked outside the house and they're doing that, do you want to see my new car? Look what it does. It does this. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, as part of, um, part of what I was training yesterday I was really saying to we went through all the different personas and one of them is a really cool uh, uh, couple the Janet and James are really original with those names when I came up with them (laughs) 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 and there's a picture of this imaginary couple you know what personas are like and they are um an older couple maybe about 60 and they are jumping on the hotel bed and I said to the, uh, the 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 team what Janet and James do is they, the first thing they do when they go into a hotel room, because they have 38, they, this is their 38th honeymoon. Wow, they, yeah. they spend time just going rounds every year and have a honeymoon. How lovely would that be? Um, and they go <laughs> in and jump on the bed. Uh, so how, can, you know, this is a fun couple. They're also well known for going out in the, uh, in the night in their dressing gowns, in the garden, holding hands and watching the stars. So this yeah. is this type of couple. How do we really kind of, you know think about what that couple might like from their hotel room yeah and i just love watching well i can't watch because they don't have their cameras on i love hearing the kind of the thoughts that come back when you do that and one one person went well if we really thought about this and planned our hotel right we'd have a room where you can lay on the bed and look up at the stars for a skylight or something like that yeah I'm getting that. shivers here thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. I just wow. think that would be so lovely. And someone yeah. else went, okay, so they've come back because it's their anniversary. Right. So maybe we could do something like when they first mm. came, we take we took a picture of them at dinner. And then we yes. present it three years, five years down the line and say, This was you. It, all lovely in your friend. We're just gonna leave that there for you. And then they have this moment of nostalgia going, Oh, look, I was young and pretty back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure you could do that with data protection of storing. <laughs> yes, yeah. I just love the thought about, you know, yeah. someone as they thought, oh, we could bring it out in a frame and make it yeah. lovely. And yeah, so I I love that kind of that, that creativeness of imagination of going, okay, each customer's different. That's why we use personas. Yeah. How can we come up with something that they never would have thought about and, and just wow them? What I've also said to them is, you know, the first time, that is amazing. Like, yeah. oh, wow, you've really wowed me. Um, <clears throat> but the second time, still lovely. Third time, it's expected. Mm. Fourth time, if it doesn't happen, it's a pain point. Yes. So you've got to be so careful. Yeah. Moments of joy and delight because you can't just... You can't rest on your laurels with that. You've got to, yeah. you've got to keep switching it up in the right way for the customer. But yeah, I mean, I could, I could talk about. I this. love that. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's, there's so much there as well. You know about consistency, isn't there? My, my good pal Steve McDermott, he talks about this idea of when he went into uh, the Barbican Fissel Hotel. It was like peak rush time, and he queues up, and it's a huge queue because everyone's trying to get into the hotel in London. And then uh, two waiters come up to them in the the queue and say, would you like a glass of wine? And he, it's very funny. If you check it out on uh, uh, YouTube, he talks about because he's from Yorkshire. He goes, is it free? You know, because <laughs> you know, he's tight. Um, and uh, they say it's just to make you, you know short weight a little bit more um, pleasing. And, and they're like, wow, that's amazing. And then obviously when he gets to the counter, they say, oh, you know, oh, by the way, we've got some free rooms left with the upgrades. Would you like to upgrade? And he's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. But then the next time he goes, he's expecting the wine and it doesn't happen. 
so then it becomes that pain point um i I know that you did some work with kazoo because we had a a mutual love here for cars um because you're a big petrol head i think aren't you and uh, I had a terrible experience at Citroen recently. I'm probably going to get sued, aren't I? I've just realised I'm, I'm slagging off Tesco's and Citroen, which is terrible. Um, but I know you did some great work at Kazoo about that customer journey. I'd, I'd love to explore that if you can uh, recall that uh, work that you did with Kazoo, if that'd be all right. Yeah, Kazoo are a very customer-centric company. Um, if you're lucky enough to, to work for them or with them, um, they, they really put customers first. And I absolutely love that because you just see that throughout what they do. Um, so, yeah, what's, what's been really great with them is they, they design their whole, I mean, what I was working on them uh, with is um, their whole service uh, like MOT coming in for service, coming in for garages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, to start with, it was a bit like, you know, we've, we've always done service. This is what we do. You know, it's an MOT. I mean, you can't really wow anyone with an MOT, can you? Um, and it was, again, it was kind of getting people together and going, okay, so what, you know, this is Britain. It, we've got rain, we've got sun, we've got hail, we've got snow, we've got all sorts of same thing in the same day, you know, <laughs> yeah. all of those at once. Um, how do we think about that? Even if it's just focusing on that bit, what do we do? do we, how do we meet? We go, we know a customer's turning up outside, know what time they're going to be there, we can meet them at the door. What if we meet them at the door with an umbrella or an ice pop or, do you know, what I mean? depending on, on yeah. the how do we go, ah, Mr. Locke, I was expecting you. Yeah. How do we make them feel like a guest, like someone who we've we've never met before, but we were working them in for dinner? And I, I, yeah, we talked about that a lot when we were designing with them the the service process of going. Okay, S- some customers um, have never had an MOT before. <laughs> MOT, what does that even stand for? So, yeah, yeah. how do we put ourselves in that person's shoes? Again, coming back to personas. How do we put ourselves in that customer's shoes who's like, what are they going to do? What are they going to test for? Um, against somebody who's fully seasoned or has had their fingers burnt. You know, they've, they've gone and they've had some work done um, a week down the line, something very badly has gone gone wrong and they've been told they've lied or whatever else and been so bitten that every time they go for an MOT, they will not leave the site of their car. They watch it the entire time. So yeah, how yeah. do we kind of look after those very different types of customers? And what do we do when it goes wrong? There's um there's an activity we do where we pretend that one of the um, mechanics has accidentally reversed a customer's Mas- Maserati into a skip. Oh. <laughs> and tell this customer who really needs this car because it's a massive day for him normally he sends his PA to go and get his car sorted but she's off sick got a pain in the neck yeah. um, he's got to take his Maserati himself uh, <laughs> to go and get it MOT'd um, and then he's going to the biggest client meeting of his life straight after in his Maserati he's got to look good he's there in his suit he's sweating you know planning this we've just totaled his car and we can't get it back to him for a month because it's got to be all um and it and and going through all the emotions you know the customer's anger the customer's like disbelief all of that stuff to work through with the team about how do we recover this what do we put in the control of the customer who's feeling completely out of control right now and panicking mm. about being late for his massive deal that he's got next yeah what things can we do when we talk about the basics of okay well this customer has just been in that room for you know, four hours you know how, has he eaten anything? Has he had a has he had a drink? Yeah. He's probably quite you know he's frustrated, and we we've let him pace around that room for ages. Take him outside for a minute, get him something to eat, give him a donut, whatever it looks like. Yeah. But think about the basics of the customer. Think about how that customer would like to be told. Um, so yeah, it's been a fascinating um, that, yeah. journey to just work through all the different stages of what can happen. With just something as simple as an MOT, and they do lots more than that, obviously. Um, and yeah. some of the things that they come out with of do you know what we could do this. What I really like is um they ha- in one of the rooms, you know, they've got have you ever been in a kazoo building? Um no, yeah. It, it's beautiful the way they've done yeah. it. It looks like a proper, you know, like a, a, a really luxury dealership, but they've got what's called living rooms, or lounge, they've got the main lounge and then they've got living rooms, and they're really nice done out spaces. And they um, 
they've got in one of those you can sit and watch the they've got a massive like tv in there and you can sit and watch your MOT being done and they then that's cool really nice um and they you can sit and put films on it if you want and have popcorn and you know they've made it yeah. into an experience it's not a grotty garage yeah. Um, so because yeah, you ha- yeah you had something quite <laughs> yes yeah wow so i should have gone to kazoo really shouldn't i now i'm yes. thinking about it. yeah wow <laughs> Yeah, so mine was completely, completely the opposite. Like, um, so I I went to go get some tyres at another company because I'm um, going away to Scotland soon. I thought, well, it's a long drive. I need some new tyres. I'll get two new tyres. Um, the experience in line was great, perfect. I turned up and the guy said, have you got your wheel locking nut key? And I went, oh, sure. I'd, you know, I only had the car a year. bought it in lockdown. I don't even know if it has a wheel locking nut key or if I've even got one. But I said, I haven't got one. And then he said, oh, I, no, I can't take them off. So... Uh, he said, look, here's something you can do. And then I started ringing around. The first thing I did was ring dad. I was like, dad, dad, what do I do? What do I do? And he was like, well, son, you know, you can try to find a spare one. Maybe Citroen will, you know, have one. Or um, you can, if you want, well, you can get companies to force them off. You know, some garages can do that. I went, right, okay. Started looking on eBay for spare wheel locking nut keys. I rang Citroen. Now, we don't, don't, don't do spares anymore. But what we can do for you, and this was like the... Um, so when I think about the customer journey here, I typed in Citroen Peterborough into Google. It came up with the uh, Citroen dealership. I rang that number that it says for that company. And it was a Norwich number. Um, so it's a call center, obviously. I thought, okay, fair enough. Um, and I went on to press three for parts. I went on to three for parts. Um, so no, we don't do spares, mate. But um, uh, every dealership has a master key. So we can take them off. And if you like, we can do you two things. We can replace the wheel locking nut keys for you uh, and just replace them with normal studs. Um, it's half hour job. It's 80 quid. It went brilliant. Okay. And he said, oh, the other thing is obviously, but he said it first, you know, the other one. He said, or oh, we can replace them with a brand new wheel locking nut key. Um, and you'll get a new wheel locking nuts and key. It's like £1,000. I was like, what? And then he said, oh, we can just do that. Replace it normal studs. Went, oh, yeah, I'll do the 80 quid. I'll take responsibility. I've either lost it or I wasn't given it, whatever. And I said, yeah, let's do it. Let's book it in. So I ran back an hour later and I said, I spoke to this guy. He said, yeah, that's fine. Where would you like it done? Uh, I said, Peterborough. Brilliant. Um, he said, when would you like it? I went, oh, 840 would be brilliant. Because then I've planned it. I thought, he's told me it's half hour. 8.40, I'll get it done, bit of buffer time, 10 o'clock, I'll book my tyres at the garage across the road. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thought, fantastic, excited, woohoo, great. Friday morning, I turn up, it's, um, you know, chucking down the rain, 8.40, I arrive on time, I walk in, and it was still restricted because of COVID, so as you walk in, there was a barrier, um, so you couldn't actually get into the kind of dealership. Uh, a guy comes up to me and uh, says hello and all that. I said, yeah, I'm here to have my wheel locking nut key uh, wheel locking nuts removed and replaced with studs. Great. Okay. Um, the service guy will be with you soon. Brilliant. Uh, Ten minutes late. I'm still standing there in the doorway with this little bloody barrier. And uh, yeah, the guy says to me, um, some guy just randomly comes up and goes, can I help? I went, yeah, yeah, I'm being served. You know, I'm just waiting for the uh, service guy. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I'm here to have my wheel locking nuts removed and replaced with studs. And he walks over. He's got the file in his hand and he went, no, we don't have a master key here. And, oh, right, okay, well, uh, the guy said to me on the phone, you've got a master key. Oh, no, um, no, well, not every dealership does that. Right, okay, but he's booked it in here. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay, so what can I do? He said, well, we can still take him off, but we'll, we'll take him off with force. Right, okay, and that's still going to be like half hour? Um, no, it's probably going to be a lot longer than that. How long will it be? I, I don't know. Right, okay. And it's still going to be 80 quid. He said, it shouldn't be. It should be a lot, lot more money than that, but we'll honor the price for you. Right, okay. He said, if you want to go wait over there um, on the chairs, we'll get it done for you. All right, cool, thank you. So I thought, okay, well, you know, it should be all right. Half hour passed, and my car was sitting out in the front, outside the window, literally out of the waiting area where I am. I'm thinking, are they just messing me about here because they're not getting the income that they should have, whatever, you know. Anyway, um, then it goes in, um, and I'm there for about an hour and 15 minutes. Not one person came up to me to say, you know, um, Mr. Log, this is the update, or are you okay? Would you like a coffee, cup of tea? Are you okay? Are you comfortable? Nothing. And then at five to 10, my car's not come out yet, and I'm thinking, I've got to be across the road in like five minutes to have my tyres done. I had to go up to the guy and said, hey, you know, can I just have an update about my car? How long is it going to be? Yeah, I'll ring up for you now. He rang the garage, the, the, the guys up, and he said, it's going to be about 15 minutes. Right, okay, okay, that's fine. I rang the other garage. I'm really sorry. Uh, I'm running late. Can I extend it half hour? They went, yeah, that's fine. No problem at all. And then uh, it actually took 25 minutes. So I was nearly pushing it. And uh, yeah, they did it. 
And then I thought, that's a really shitty experience, really crap. You're a Citroen dealership. This is a big company. This isn't like a private, you know, little tiny chain. And then when I got in my car, the plastic bag that they put over the seat cover was still there. And I'm thinking... I just, I just think maybe whether they were understaffed or bitter because they weren't getting the, the real money that it should have cost. But I thought, well, you've promised me. Your company has said you're going to do something, so deliver it. And that is just a completely different experience to Kazoo. But again, now I'm thinking of, I don't think I want a Citroen anymore. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, and it's, you know, my car's fine, but I know for a fact I'm never going back there again. Um, I might even just knock on their door and say, hey, would you like some customer experience training? I'll come run a workshop yeah, for you for free, you, you know. You really need it. Oh, oh I'm going to do that quite often. Furious, furious. Um, <laughs> but Sharon, I'm conscious of the time. I'm absolutely loving this chat. Um, so I've got one final question with you before we wrap it up uh, and I'll ask you my final questions, which is about your book. Uh, can you tell us a little brief book about your book? I, I love the title, obviously. Uh, your CXE and uh, We Know It. I love that. Tell us a little bit about the book. Yeah, so... Um... It's mainly a leadership book, but it's it's our real life experiences. Um, so there is some theory in it, but it's theory that we have lived. Um, and, you know, we're all, dare I say it, 40-ish, just under. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so we've, you know, kind of 20 years each of, of you know, pure working experience um of being in corporate world and building businesses and um so it it's very real um and actually when I first yeah. put it out just you know that you know that moment when you've published it but no one's quite bought it yet yeah and I kind of thought do you know what I've been very very authentic in it um <laughs> which is good <laughs> but I've basically written a book that just ex, you know tells everyone my secrets. <laughs> well, I, I do um, love actually. Sorry, Sharon, to cut in. It says uh, I, I noted this down, which is we have zero pomp and a whole lot of spunk. I love that. I think that's a fantastic line. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because it, I mean, I think what it really does is it just embodies what our culture is like at MKL. We yeah. we really work hard, and you can see that in some of the things we've written in there. But we have a lot of fun as well, and that's really important. But um, yeah, so it's it's very much around customer focus. Of course, it is. I mean, I, it, that, that's all I ever talk about. So yeah. I couldn't help but not put that in the book. And and the guys are too. So Mark and John, you know, very very human centred. So, but what we wanted it to do, we wanted it to be so that you can pick up a chapter in your coffee break um, and just have you know, three, four, five pages and just go. Okay, yeah, uh, I get this. How can I pick up that key to takeaway that's at the end of the, each chapter and do something with it? So it's a bit of a, a call to action. Yeah, but, love that. Um, and I've started each one with an anecdote, and most of them aren't mine because Mark is way funnier than I am. <laughs> yeah. You're quite serious compared to me, Sharon. So um, he's written all the anecdotes, and some of them are just hilarious. And you read them and go, okay, but it's food for thought. Yeah, and that's yeah. what we wanted. We wanted a book that was real that wasn't you know you don't have to pick through lots of different blow your mind stuff something that's really real so yes like it's out it's on amazon it looks like this very nice <laughs> very nice good fantastic um great and well two final questions then for you sharon and i guess what would be your top tip for businesses to create an amazing customer experience what would be that one top tip if you could give them well i have to say um, eating your own dog food that I, I always have to go back to that because I, I just cannot um, undersell the power of that I really can't when you when you get people to go back and physically watch the customer experience that they have created and quite often to, to be fair when you're creating a proposition uh, and it's something new and exciting. Um, you know, you want to get it out quick. You don't want Amazon to get it first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you kind of go, right, how can we make this work? I remember at Argos when we were trying to get the, um, uh, the you know, the home delivery and the collection out, which was a fantastic proposition. Um, and it was quite difficult, you know, legacy systems, as you often have, uh, and just really trying to, to, to get something amazing out for customers. You have to yes. sometimes cobble bits together, don't you? Yeah. Well, we'll do that, and for now we'll do this, and we'll just, let's just get it in because we need to get it live. Um, 
And then you have to then go back and go, okay, we've got it live. I'm getting some fantastic feedback and some bits not working. Now let's live it as it is now. Let's do the full end-to-end now, warts and all, and really experience it multiple times um, so that we kind of go, okay, now we know what's wrong with it. Now we can optimise. I think quite often we're working so fast, aren't we, that we forget that we have to watch what we've done and then go back and optimise it. And it's our responsibility to do that bit of optimising. So, so yeah, I'd say really understand what you've got going on out there, what's and all, and then go back and optimise it and keep doing that. It, you know, customers' needs and wants change and what your employees are delivering and the processes in the background change. Mm-hmm. So it's not a one-off review you need to keep going back and going what have we put out there does it work for now and what does the customer want for the future and how do we make sure we keep up to date with that by watching what they need and want love that i think that's a fantastic tip well sharon it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for coming on to the show i've really enjoyed it i, I usually try to keep it about 30 minutes and i looked at the time and went oh my god blimey so uh, that just goes to show that we are yeah passionate about uh, creating these well moments so how can listeners find out more about you where do they find more about what you do and if they want to get in touch well we have a website we've got mklinnovation.com or mklcx.co.uk see how my one has to be a .co.uk one <laughs> <laughs> um or we're all on linkedin we're very you know we're all over the place in linkedin because we think it's great to be authentic and just share uh our current thoughts on there so yeah go and i'm on i'm on linkedin sharon boyd ccxp come and come and connect thank you sharon i think you're an absolutely amazing and inspirational woman so thank you so much for coming on to the show and uh yeah good luck to you and uh, everyone at mkl thank you thank you very much ricky thanks for having me Thank you for listening to this episode. If this episode brought some value to you and has inspired you to be the best version of yourself and to create magical experiences, then let us know. Head to your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Podchaser, and leave us a review. It takes about 10 seconds, but it really does help this podcast get shared out to more people from around the world. Once again, thank you for listening to this podcast, and thank you to our patrons, Anthony Howe, Sherry Brenton, Steve McDermott, and Rory Barnes. I will see you next time for our next episode of Unlocked. Goodbye.